Hello, welcome back to the Drinking Liberally podcast, a show that combines good alcohol with some friendly political banter. I'm your host, Kevin Wilson, and this week's uh, another special quarantine episode. We'll keep pumping these out until uh, that's lifted. Uh, joining me today from their respective homes are Dennis Skeet. Hey, Kevin, how's it going? Hey, Dennis. And on our third line, we've got uh, our man from the soundboards working remote, Yogs. How's it going, Kevin? Hey guys, it's uh, it's good to see you all, see your shining faces here on uh, Skype. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's been weird because we used to pretty regularly like we had a like a happy hour in person every week at least, <laughs> and yeah. it's been weird these last uh, last few weeks. I mean, I one I moved away obviously, but just thinking back how different things were even just a couple months ago compared to now. Where yeah. see, it's crazy. It's Friday and can't even think about going out anywhere uh but we're gonna talk a little bit obviously about coronavirus because it's hard to escape it uh but then we're also gonna jump a little bit more into politics talk about the the democratic primaries we didn't get to that last episode so i want to talk a little bit about that and then something we experimented with last week i want to talk a little more uh carry that through just some you know ways to get by as you're sitting here in quarantine. Some fun things that are going on, things you can get involved in to kind of take your mind off of, um, you know, the the hellhole that is out there right now. Um, but before we jump into all of that, it is called Drinking Liberally. We have to talk about what we're drinking to get us through the day and through the pod. Um, this week, I am drinking some Johnny Walker Green Label. I had wow. talked about, yeah, I had, uh, had to break this open. I'm running low on my alcohol supplies. Uh, I remember seeing that uh, <laughs> that bottle at your place for a while. Yeah, it's it's been sitting on the shelf, and uh, <laughs> it's cracked open, about a you know quarter of it gone already. Um, but had to jump into this. Last week we talked a little bit about it, uh, but I had a couple people ask me afterwards, like, what what's the difference in these labels? Like, what's what does that mean? And it really, it's... You can use it as an indication of quality is what most people do, um, and there's levels to it. So the first level will be red label, then you're going up to black label, which is probably the most common one. Um, that's an awesome, just really smoky scotch whiskey. I love drinking that straight. Up from black label is green label. That's what I'm drinking today. Awesome 15-year malt scotch uh, whiskey there. Then there's gold. That's uh, typically an 18-year and then blue label which is insanely expensive and that's good pretty, stuff it's pretty good <laughs> but uh yeah. i think i said it on the pod last week i actually might prefer green label to blue label really um and it might be because i don't get to drink blue label that often so it's not fresh in my memory all the time but blue labels usually for like weddings and such <laughs> buying that as a gift for somebody yeah uh, but green, I really enjoy this. I think it strikes an awesome balance between the the price point and quality. Hmm. So you're getting something that's delicious. And again, I don't hate Black Label. Black Label's pretty good too. But this is a, a little smoother. It's not as smoky as Black Label. A little easier to drink. Um, aging it in a few extra years tends to do that. Um, but this has become one of my favorite scotches out there right now. And... I did some research because I told the story last week that, you know, a friend of mine used to drink this and introduced me to it. And then it, I saw it disappear for a bit. And it actually did go out of stock for a while. They stopped making it for yeah. a few years. 
Um, yep. And then about, I think, 2016, they decided to start bringing it back uh, by popular demand. So I'm glad they did. So that's what I'm drinking today. I'll be sipping on this during the course of the episode. Uh, Dennis, I saw you walk into the room on the camera um, carrying two cans of, uh, I, I think, some high-life uh, stuff over there. <laughs> yeah. Genuine draft. Nice. Cold-filtered beer. I uh, prepared in preparation for quarantine, I got myself a 30-pack. So um, I'm just going to work through these for a little while. 28 are gone. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> How many are left yet? <laughs> yeah, I think I think I've got uh, I think I've got about 15 left. About nice. halfway through. Okay. Is that your favorite like go-to like bulk beer? Uh, no, it was it was the largest uh, amount I could get at that particular store. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was quantity was over the, quality for this one. <laughs> yeah, there was there was only like uh, there's only like three options for like thirty packs that they had, and I think one was uh, I think they had like Corona, um, or not Corona, Coors, and something else in this, and I was just like, yeah, I'm going with this. Beautiful. <laughs> but um, and, yeah, haven't had it in a while um, since getting this, and it's it's pretty good. I like it. Yogs, you uh, you join us with the drink. I know you're getting over being sick, not with the coronavirus, but uh, a cold. Right, so I'm completely out of stock. I prioritized beforehand, <laughs> but I do have a bottle of wine in here, so I'll probably crack that. Very nice. You going red or white? Red wine, so that's always something nice on a Friday evening. There you go. Home alone. Keeping it nice and classy. I like it. Crack a bottle of red wine, watch some. Tiger I have a question. King, Is this and, uh... the first time? <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Is this the first time that that beer was not the drinking liberally drink? What do you mean? Because you always do uh, the like, craft It's always beers. been an IPA. Yeah, oh, yeah. You uh, craft no, IPA. we did. the first think, time it was in the craft IPA. I think there's one other episode. I think, Dennis, you brought the, um, what was it, the, the Mount Gay? Um, yeah, the rum. The rum. You brought that in. I think we had that on an episode, I believe. I'm not entirely sure. Who knows? <laughs> I think there's always been a beer. We'll, we'll, we'll have our fans. Fans, let us know. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Those diehards that have been <laughs> tracking every single drink. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if it is, then hey, cheers to, to first and uh, start talking about what's been going on in the, the world. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, this, that might be the, uh, the silver lining of being here in quarantine. We'll be going through the reserves of things we normally wouldn't drink on the pod. Maybe we'll get into yeah. wine in the future. <laughs> uh, so it's been another crazy, crazy week. Uh, depressing as hell if you're watching the news. Um, as we're recording this on a Friday evening, uh, we did surpass 100,000 cases of coronavirus in the United States. Uh, we also saw, I think, over 300 people die in the last 24 hours, which is another record a morbid record um surpassing the day yeah. yesterday and which surpassed the day before that so yep. not a great sign uh things are still pretty bad in new york city and seem to be getting worse and then what really concerns me now is that we're starting to hear about cases pop up in cities like chicago and new orleans um, in greater numbers so yeah where it's been detroit i think yep detroit uh, michigan mm-hmm. starting to get on the map unfortunately louisiana is a hot spot right i mean yeah, yeah. new orleans 
Yeah, New Orleans is is like the fastest growing anywhere in the world right now. That's that's scary when you know we also have New York in the news daily. Yeah, yeah. Um, and watching that exponential growth there. So one thing I mean, that's one yeah. thing that's sorry one thing that's crazy. Uh, just like they don't really mention it, but uh, uh, right now I think if you if you rank the states, I think it's um, New York, Washington. Um, I think California and then New Jersey. I think New Jersey's got the fourth highest number of cases in the country. I was hearing that about Bergen County's kind of become a hotspot, huh? Yeah, Bergen County. I think is the, I think the fourth or the fifth, um, county in the country with the most cases. Yeah, that's it's not great. I mean, and it's kind of expected when you have these dense population centers that it would spread. Um, you know, watching these maps and. I've seen some idiots on Twitter who are talking about, you know, oh, well, look, it's just hitting blue states. Like, well, it's correlating with population centers. It's not a blue state, red state thing. Viruses don't discriminate against, you know, political beliefs one way or the other. So it's only a matter of time before this hits rural areas. And that's really concerning to me because we've seen just yeah. massive shutdowns of rural hospitals over the last you know, 10 years, really um, especially in recent times. And so there are certain areas, certain counties and rural areas that don't even have hospitals anymore. They have, you know, mm -hmm. a local clinic that's not capable of handling a rush of patients that are having, you know, respiratory distress. So that's that's scary. Uh, I'm hoping we kind of get ahead of everything before it gets to that point. Um, in which case, you're going to hear people say, "Oh, look, it was all about nothing." Like, well, you know, I'd rather people say that in the end that we yeah. took too many precautions, it was overblown, and take your lumps that way rather than the opposite, which is you know, a, a catastrophe of just human loss of life. Kevin, but there's a big disconnect, and I guess you guys could talk about this, and what people are kind of seeing with their own eyes in whatever town they are, and info coming out from hotspots. Like, you know, we're learning it, we might read it on social social media we might read it to people we know we're getting info like that mm -hmm. and it's so much worse than someone maybe might be sitting in an area that's not not as bad and they're isolated and they're thinking wow this is it's like this there's that disconnect going on but unless you read about it you don't know yeah and that's that's a problem we have was a third of the country getting their news from fox news um who and Unfortunately, the, the viewership does tend to line up with, you know, red states, which tend to be more rural, who are just getting misinformation right now. And they're like, oh, that's a New York problem. We don't have to worry about that. Yeah. And that worries me because you see people in, like, Idaho that weren't taking precautions. That state actually just got shut down in the last couple of days, too. Um, but this is – it's serious, and it's really unnerving to me how many people are still – kind of treating it like a joke and that this isn't something that can yeah. affect them and really at this point like if there's there's never an ideal time to get sick but if you were going to get sick early on in this was the time or towards the tail end right of an outbreak you don't want to be someone getting sick in the middle of it when we're getting you know you keep seeing those charts where we're trying to um you know bend the curve down you don't want to be sick at the top of that curve when hospitals are at capacity. So now, of all times, as we're getting, we're climbing that curve, is the worst time possible to get sick. 
and the worst time possible to, you know, not take this seriously. Uh, I know I saw it, uh, Andrew Cuomo yeah. and his most. Oh, did you see that story that Rachel Maddow? No, I didn't. Uh, let's talk about that first before we go to Cuomo. Where the Rachel Maddow pointed that the Mississippi governor overruled all his mayors in in social distance shutdowns and all that. So it's and they have cases there. So it's it's crazy scary. It's it's like stupidity is contagious too, I guess, in certain parts of the country. Yeah, that that guy's an an, an idiot. Apparently, um, he, I think he's he's tried to walk it back now. So like the mayors were all putting in their own, you know, self quarantine and all their rules, and then he said, "I'm creating this rule that overrides all their rules." Jesus. And then. And now he issued like a, a follow-up statement saying that his rules are the baseline, and then the it's it's really confusing. He's like, my rule is the baseline. The mayors can create stricter rules as long as don't they don't like conflict with my rules or something like that. Which is like sounds like wait, yeah, that's... it doesn't. It's like it doesn't <laughs> sound like he walked anything back, but he's claiming he did. It's it's like complete confusion, and the whole point of all this is like that's the last thing you need in these kind of crises right you want yeah. to have a single like message that makes sense that everyone can get like can work with and not getting like the federal government says one thing your governor says nothing your mayor is a different thing and you're just like whatever it's confusing i'm just going to do you know whatever i want and it's just it's just like complete lack of leadership and Terrible. that's yeah and it, it's top down like i you know, I did my mini-sode about kind of the lack of leadership from the federal government. We, we talked briefly about it last episode, but it bears repeating because I, I'm still hearing from people who are saying, oh, well, I think Donald Trump's doing a great job with this. And it blows my mind. And, it, and I realize that the reason why they think that is because, one, they're Fox News viewers. And two, they're not on Twitter. They yeah. don't see Donald Trump's tweets on a daily basis, his deranged tweets. And they don't, and they also have Fox News like running backup for him and holding his water. And when he gives a batshit insane press conference, Fox News will sit there and they'll show only you know the the best edited parts of it, and won't dissect it the way some of the other news organizations would. And that's why I think the media needs to start putting out one stop airing his press conferences because they're insane and full of misinformation. And he's already gotten at least one person killed when he started name-dropping those weird drugs that are used as, like, aquarium cleaner. And there's that mm -hmm. elderly couple that ingested it. Six-year-something-year-old man died. His wife's in critical care, last I heard. Um, yeah. Like, that's on Trump because he talked this up as if it's a potential cure for coronavirus. And nobody fact-checked him. They just ran it, and now things like this happen. Yeah, it, it's scary. And that starts at the top. Like you need somebody competent to be able to handle this. And, you know, you talked about the Mississippi governor as well. I mean, there's a few a few people that I think are doing fantastic jobs out there. Uh, we'll talk about some of the governors in a second. Uh, one of my favorite ones, just because it's a little more lighthearted, um, is the well, a mayor from Kentucky. I don't know if you guys saw mm -hmm. this one. Uh, all of his social media posts. He's uh, his name is uh, Gabe Brown, and he's from Walton, Kentucky. 
and he begins a Facebook post saying, listen up, dipshits and sensible people. <laughs> and he writes in this, like, I- I'm not, I'm, I swear this is exactly what he wrote. He's like, this is a big fucking deal. Stay at home. And he's like, if you ignore this problem, the worst that could happen is that your mother, father, grandmother, grandfather, aunts, uncles could die. Be responsible. If you don't, then screw you. Warmest regards, Mayor Gabe Brown. (laughs) That's awesome. And that's some straight talk that I think we need in more places around the country right now. Um, Say what you want about the profanity. I dig it. Uh, (laughs) I think it humanizes him a little more. Uh, I have no idea what the rest of his politics are like. Who knows? I might disagree with him on everything else, but he's 100% right on this topic here. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen some yeah. other governors uh, do a, a great job. Andrew Cuomo is one that you, you hear about nationally at this point in New York, um, giving daily briefings that are just such a stark contrast to what Trump does um and really sets the tone for what leadership's supposed to look like and i'm not a huge cuomo fan myself he's a democrat yeah but more of a god he's almost like a republican actually the way he runs new york right um yeah but he's really stepped up in this whole leadership vacuum and kind of filled the role that the federal government should be filling um i know right beforehand i since moving from jersey i've kind of fell out of touch with what's been going on a lot over there but two of you are still there what's uh what's good old phil doing phil murphy good job but dennis probably talk more about i think he's doing a good job very good he holds he holds briefings too every day yeah he's he's doing he's doing a great job again just just like calm clear you know leadership um you know not second guessing things he's you know called for you know, all bars and restaurants to shut down, I think was similar where they, they were kind of ramping it up earlier on. And then they started seeing like, um, what was it? Uh, St. Patrick's Day, like the yeah. bars were like packed. And uh, and then he was like, okay, that's enough of that. And then just start, you know, everything had to be shut down and everything like that. So um, yeah, man, he's, he's been doing really good. And, and, and just to, I just have to correct myself because I said something earlier that was outdated. Um, since we're bringing up New Jersey, New Jersey is is now number two after New York for the most confirmed oh, cases wow. in the country. Jeez, twice as many as California. That's nuts. With a much smaller population, but obviously yeah. part of that greater New York City metro area, which is pretty dense. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot so, of it shows Jersey's doing a lot of testing too, um, thanks to Phil Murphy. So I've heard like we're. All, I live, Jersey City now has uh, a few testing centers. They have some in every county of New Jersey now. I don't know if other states have that, to be honest. So uh, Phil Murphy in that, in that sense. Yeah. Shout out to him. Yeah. I heard my old uh, hometown of Secaucus uh, has a drive-through testing center now set up. So yeah. That's that's what we should have yes. everywhere at this point. Uh, yeah. And I, don't know I feel what, like we that, could that, have it everywhere. Will, that'll, be the mystery, yeah. that'll be the mystery that's solved when all this is just what happened with testing and why it was so late it's it's the tragedy of the whole thing yeah i want to shout out governor mike dewine of ohio too who's a republican yep. because because it's been amazing what he's done over there shut it down early all quickly smart tells everybody what's going on yeah, like yeah i've been very impressed with his performance like too and so don't ever say we don't shoot bail for republicans on this show <laughs> 
Um, this is, again, it doesn't discriminate. Like, the virus doesn't discriminate against political affiliation. So anywhere that there's a governor taking this seriously, that's respectable, um, regardless of the other platform issues that we disagree on. Think about it. These used to be times of unity, and there's only one person, if you think about it. Even Mike Pence is sort of tolerable. I can't believe I'm saying that. I mean, like, as far as language, there's only one person that is. Yeah, I would I would take Mike Pence as president. It, like, gun to my head, I had to choose between him and Trump. I'd take Mike Pence any day um, in, yeah. in the midst of this crisis, and it pains me to have to say those words. Um, yeah, I totally agree. But he at least can speak like an adult um, at the podium, even if he's on occasion still spewing lies from Trump and playing cover for Trump. Um, but yeah, it really, you know, the buck should stop with Trump, but we heard him with his own words at that press conference said that he takes no responsibility for any of this. And it really, like, there are lives on, you know, there's deaths on his hands right now because of how slow he was to move forward. And we're still flip-flopping on the, uh, you know, the Production Act, where, yeah. you know, Trump has the authority to, it's a little more complicated than this, but just tell companies hey it's wartime you know we're going to war against a virus instead of you know another country you're going to stop making whatever it is you make and you make what the country needs right now yep and he has that authority all he has to do is say yes and order people to do it like he doesn't even have to pass a bill through congress it's a bill that's already you know it's passed this is a a power that he has and i saw earlier today he said he was going to invoke it and then at the press conference literally you know, half an hour ago, he said that he might not anymore. And, like, the answer is just do it. Like, better safe than sorry. The thing, again, this is my opinion. I don't really know. But they're trying to kind of, like, walk this line. And, and I think he's, it's, he's kind of transparent here. He wants to use this as a threat to get companies to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. But but they're, the Republicans in general, they're still trying to stick to this, like, to this whole market-driven thing. So they're saying, like, the companies are going to voluntarily make these things because there's a high demand and there's money in it. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is that from from the reports I've seen is, and Cuomo has been, like, really big in, like, bringing out, is that now you have all these states and the federal government competing with each other yep. and outbidding each other. And I forgot what governor it was I heard in the radio today that was saying that he would he would get a confirmation of an order for supplies and then later on they would say oh sorry like you were outbid and so now those are going somewhere else so he was like he's like now i don't i don't count supplies until they actually arrive because he's like over and over i'm getting outbid and like one of the things that kind of like makes me feel bad in relation to the thing we were talking about a little bit earlier is like i know that like new york and new jersey you know like those are probably the states and a couple others that are outbidding yeah in california yeah they've got more buying power although to california's credit um governor newsom over there called this out on his own and said i understand that we have more buying power we are a massive economy i think california is like the sixth largest economy in the world not by itself, not even as part of the United States. And he said that, you know, we should be working together to make sure that we're 
you know, doing some collective bargaining, essentially. And that's what the role of the federal government should be. The federal government should be stepping in, working in conjunction with the states, that everyone has equal buying power and, you know, supplies are going where they're needed and not just to the people that have the most money. And they've, federal government's abdicated that role entirely. So now it's just a couple of, you know, governors from a few states that need to cobble this together, this whole effort. It's just, it's This is really the first sad. crisis I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first crisis I've ever seen backwards. You're right. I mean, it's not a federally led crisis. It's a states, you do it on your own. And Trump's played that, that will back you up role, which is, I've never heard of that before. I think language of the president doesn't would know what to do anyway and says, you guys sorted out on your own and made, made it the policy as a result. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, I, let's talk about some of the things that the government is doing. Um, so there was that $2 trillion um, relief package that's passed the Senate and now the House um, should be signed in to law by Trump you know, any moment, I hope. Uh, it's an interesting bill. There are good things in it. There are a lot of things that don't go far enough. Um, and a lot of things that are kind of head-scratching uh, to me. So, I mean, some of the good things are that we are guaranteeing medical leave for, like, gig economy workers. You know, people that, you know, doing your Uber deliveries and, you know, or whether it's food or delivering people around. There is supposedly a $1,200 check coming out to anyone that makes less than $75,000 a year uh, for adults and also additional checks for people with children. I think that's woefully low with uh, and short-sighted. Uh, if this was a crisis that's going to be over by April 7th, as Trump likes to say, uh, then sure, maybe that gets you by, but there's no way this is done in the next week and a half. And $1,200, while you know, on paper might seem like a lot of money to some people, uh, depending on where you live, like that's not even half your rent. You know, if you've got kids, you've got other bills, you've got a mortgage, you've got uh, electric bills, a car payment, insurance, things like that. Like twelve hundred bucks isn't going to last very long. Uh, it's a one-time payment. I mean, this is something that they should be offering at the very minimum monthly during the duration of the crisis. Um, so I feel like that is woefully underfunded on that side. And, you know, Republicans still got half a trillion dollars to bail out companies. Um, there are some limitations on what kind of companies are allowed to accept that money. But it's still a massive bailout for corporations when I feel like most of that money should be going to people um, that are hard hit by this. Because we had a historically bad week when it came to unemployment. Um, more so than any other time in our history, you're looking back... 3.3 um, million unemployment claims were filed this week, which is an insane number to comprehend. I, I think it's so big that most of America just doesn't even understand how large that is. Yeah. Um, it's like once you get past a certain point, your brain just kind of breaks and it's just, yeah, and you, 3 million might as well be a trillion, right? Because you just yeah. can't comprehend that number. Uh, but just to put it in perspective, like in 2008, during that financial crash, um, I think the most we had was half a million. It's like 600,000, yeah. I think. Yeah. So 600,000. Yeah. And now we're at 3.3 million and it's going to keep climbing. Um, that's a scary thought. 
Um, yeah, they're saying that um, there's probably there's the the a lot of the places and states were overwhelmed with the amount. So there's probably a ton of people that couldn't get through on the phone lines and the systems are crashing. So we'll see what happens when we get next week because they expect that uh, this is just like the first wave. Yeah, that that's the scary thing. Thinking about that, this is just the first wave. Um, I am lucky enough right now, knock on wood, um, that I'm still employed and I have a job where I'm able to work remotely. A lot of people are don't have that luxury. Uh, my wife included, you know, works retail. Um, her store shut down for the foreseeable future. I think they're talking end of April is the earliest they're talking about thinking about reopening. And obviously that's dependent on whether or not this dies down in the meantime. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of retail workers who are, you know, scared about how they're going to pay their bills. And rightfully so. I think we need the government to step up a little more and give these people, you know, some financial security during all of this. I think, uh, you know, mortgage payments, rent payments should be suspended nationwide at this point. Um, you know, yeah, and you'll you'll hear arguments, and you've seen some Republicans make this argument in Congress already, like, oh, well, if you give money to people that, you know, already are making a lot of money, then that's not fair. I'm like, well, deal with it later. Like, we don't have time to figure out who's deserving at this point. Just blanket it yeah. out. Everyone gets the money. Then guess what? Raise taxes on the wealthy and recollect it next year or two years from now, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, now's not the time to be doing any means testing uh, among who should be eligible for, you know, help here. And you don't know. Like, somebody that made, say they made $80,000 two years ago, which that's what, you know, some people they're basing uh, this refund off of, you know, tax statements from 2018 or 2019. Maybe they made a lot two years ago, and now they're out of a job. Now they're not eligible for it, though. They're not going to get anything from the government. They're not getting that $1,200 check. Um, so it's, I don't know, really short-sighted. And when you look at countries like even Canada is offering their citizens, the adults, $2,000 a month for the next four months. Like, that is what <laughs> we should be doing. That's, I mean, hopefully this is done in four months, but that's what we should be starting at. Like, that's the baseline. And, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Dennis. Yeah. No, I just, I just, I, I totally agree that I think that the, the cash payouts are, are basically a joke. Um, twelve hundred, I think five hundred per child, but one time and not having that being recurring is just, I think it's, I think it's like a, it's laughable. Um, but I do want to call out that the, um, the unemployment benefit that's in this bill, I think is, is pretty good. Yes. Again, mm-hmm. it, it only deals with people that, that actually lost their jobs. Um, so that's, that's not, you know, that's not really everybody, but uh, I think, I think they're giving an extra $600, um, on top of what you would normally get. And then they're for, I think for four weeks and then, and then they're like doubling the length that you would usually get unemployment for. Um, so I I think, I think that's a, a pretty good, uh pretty decent start does, yeah, does that cover I, I service workers as well does that cover service workers like bartenders waitresses so if i'm a bartender and i you know i didn't get laid off per se i just 
my bar is closed. Yeah, I'm uh, under the imp- I my impression is yes, it does, Yogs, and that was one of the yeah. sticking points for Democrats was to make sure it covered. When I said gig economy before, um, in my mind, I was I was including bartenders and such in that okay. as well. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and then you, of course, you had the those three Republican assholes that said, oh well, if you give them six hundred dollars on top of unemployment. What if that's more than what they normally make and they'll never go back to work? They'll just do it like, you're an idiot. Like, get the fuck out of here. Um, Amazing. One, senators and even yeah. how unemployment, unemployment works. Like, it's, yeah. It just boggles the mind. Yeah. I think Lindsey Graham was one of them too. Like, yeah, seriously? I, I think so. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, completely ignoring the fact. Like, they literally made the argument that, you know, people are going to quit their jobs so they can collect this. I'm like, one, if you quit your job, you can't collect unemployment. <laughs> So blows a massive hole in your argument uh. right there. And two, like, this is not the time to be doing that. Like, just help people out. And we can sort this out after the fact, because if we don't do it now, it's going to be so much messier down the road. Um, and unemployment runs out, even though I know they extended it for this this period. It runs out. Like, you might have a functioning job and yeah. manipulate the system to collect unemployment. That will run out. And then what? You go back to your job? I don't think that's how people work it, so... Yeah. yeah what i do and like, like is like mm-hmm. go ahead dennis i was gonna say like kevin said when when you file your taxes the next year you got to tell them how much you made in unemployment mm-hmm. like you don't just get to like you don't get that money free and clear and like uh, you have to report that in your taxes the next year yep and they yep. know you got it so <laughs> you yeah. can't lie about it um yep. but i have i have liked what i've seen from certain states some of the states actually had these laws in place prior but uh, a bunch of states are passing like furlough laws so if you are say a retail um, employee and your store is shut down you know it's no fault of your own um, you can still collect unemployment even though you're still technically employed by you know that company you can collect unemployment while your store is shut down and then when everything reopens you still have your job to go back to and I think that's the right move. And any state that doesn't have that in place needs to enact that immediately. Yeah. Good call. So, yeah, I was happy to see a Massachusetts is one of those states. Um, and I, I was like, hey, that's the fantastic idea. Um, I want to see more states doing that. We could spend all day talking about <laughs> coronavirus response at this time. Uh, but I'm sure we're going to be touching on it every episode from now till this crisis ends. So uh, let's well, move off that for... One closing question to both of you, because I thought about this today. Um, do you remember after the Iraq War, as time went on, the judgment of Bush started coming more clear once everything had passed? And then that's when the focus started going on what happened. And then he started getting criticism of what happened on 9-11, yep. days before, things like that. Mm-hmm. Is that... Can that is that something that could happen here where right now everyone's just trying to get through this virus and there will come a time when people study what happened and how this happened and then it will come back? Or are we in an age now where it's like it's on to the next news? It's the next thing. It's, you know, you see Trump manipulating the video already, you know, like things he said, he's pretending like he never said, you know, what do you, yeah. you, think, what do you guys think? Dennis, I'll let you go first. I think um, it depends what happens in the election. I think if if Trump loses, um, I think that'll happen. And I think that I think you'll have a lot of people that like hindsight will turn around and say, oh, man, Trump was terrible. Like, why did we elect him? Um, 
because like he'll be gone and it'll easy it'll be easy to just say like oh that was that was that was weird that whole trump thing yeah that that he didn't know what he was doing i i think i think the evidence will come out i think you know all these people like um uh i forgot the name of the guy that they wanted to testify and refuse to bolton like those yeah. kind of people mm-hmm. i think like if trump loses all those kind of people come out of the woodworks they'll start telling the truth you'll hear all the different stories from from his closest people and i think i think the people that like support him i don't i don't i think they're going to like come out of this haze and just say like oh wow yeah that trump guy he was crazy that that was that was a weird time um but if he re- wins re-election i i think i think they they don't they don't come out of it until he's gone i think i think it'll be a long time well, let me yeah, ask but, you a follow-up. Do you think this will be analyzed before November, though? Do you think this will be like August, September, and then they'll go back and look at this, or do you think it's definitely that's too short-term? I just, I just think that I think it will be analyzed. I just don't think the the truth, just like everything else, I don't think it breaks through to his supporters. Like, they could do yeah. deep dives, they could investigate, they could have all this information. I just think his supporters. Are going to be just like I don't want to hear it, blah 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 blah, you know, and and it's not going to sink in. They're not going to receive the information until he's gone. I think as long as he's here, they just they're just they refuse to hear like the facts about what's really happening. I, yeah, Dennis nailed it. Uh, <laughs> it's exactly what I was thinking. It's dependent on the election. Uh, the one thing I think Dennis, you give more credit to Trump's inner circle than I do. Um, because I, I think they will come out and tell their version of the story if Trump loses, but I think it's in self-serving to save their own asses at that point and not not because they have some come-to-Jesus moment and realize that it was wrong. Uh, I think they're going to try to save face. But, uh, yeah, I, I think if he wins, it's going to be... You know, we, we've seen how the news cycles work these past four years while he's been in office. Um, it's moving on to the next story because there's always some new controversy and he'll just continue to stir those up and this will be so far in the rearview mirror you know by the time it god forbid is eight years or up um that i don't think we circle back to it because i think we're gonna have much bigger problems by that point um than worrying about this uh which is sad to say yeah it's it's crazy it's crazy you're right but I just feel like this this debacle, as far as it is something that's – and you're seeing drips of it come out now a little bit. I just think that the, the – it, it's going to be on the possibly like war crime level incompetence. Yeah. Like do you know what I mean? Like, like as far as like people will have died because of ignoring evidence that this administration did. Yeah. I it's Honestly, I feel like they already have. Um, and I think it's going to get worse. And that is the one thing, like, I don't think he's going to be able to hide this. This is going to get to a point where, again, I don't think there's going to be any level of accountability from the government side of things because the Senate's still controlled by Republicans. Um, but the, I think there is a chance because as a body count starts to rack up and this starts to affect people, like, 
in their own lives and they might have family members and friends that get sick or or you know god forbid die of this it's going to hit home for a lot of people and they're going to say like well that doesn't check out with what i just heard on fox news yeah and i think there will be some people that will hold him accountable in their own minds at least and hopefully at the polls in november yeah yeah it's funny you say that because that's what happened with the Iraq War. Remember, the casualties started mounting, mounting, and then that started. When it was just, you know, not that many casualties and it wasn't considered, a, you know, a failed mission. But then those numbers come, those numbers, it's like a drip. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's Crazy. sad that that's probably what it's going to take is, you know, it to come home, hit these hit these towns that have been, you know, red pockets of Trump support uh, for them to take it seriously. I hope they are taking it seriously, but for those that aren't, yeah. like until someone they know gets infected, it's probably not looking realistic to them. And at that point, they're going to say, oh, well, who dropped the ball? Yeah. Well said. So, all right, let's talk about, a little bit about the primaries before we you know, talk a little bit about just you know how we're keeping sane and things that are entertaining us during our time in quarantine. Um, so it's been a while since we've really talked about you know debates and primaries on here. We'll keep it pretty high level, though. I mean, we're down to two people at this point. We have Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. And Joe Biden seems to be all around the favorite. Uh, Yogs, I think you were... You were the one that put that out there, um, God, probably a year ago at this point when we sat around the table and made our our bets on who the nominee would be or who'd still be standing late in the game. I think uh, you had picked Biden up front. Um, I think yeah. we all thought it might be a possibility, and he certainly wasn't our favorite. Uh, we all had personal favorites in it, but it's kind of come to fruition, played out yeah almost exactly as you said so you're uh kind of a, a soothsayer there yeah yogs <laughs> well you're you're mostly right but i will say there was a little bit of luck involved at the end for biden but uh uh he did get a little bit lucky at the end uh but yeah i, I always thought voters at the end were going to go with someone that they thought had electability and I just think the liberal, like the Warren Bernie faction of the party, was not overwhelmed enough yet. It's probably about four years away um, yeah. from that. So I, I, that's why I really thought he was probably going to be the nominee. And none of the other people, like Pete, was just not at that level. Um, and a lot of the other moderates had dropped out. So it, it worked in his favor. So let me ask you this. With those two as the top two standing and with the shadow of coronavirus kind of weighing over all of this, um, in my mind, it makes it clear that more than ever, we need a better healthcare system to take care of these people. Um, we've seen stories about people that were denied care that had coronavirus symptoms because they didn't have health insurance. Um and there's a, a tragic story about a, a young man. Um, Dennis, I know you saw this story in our chat. Do you remember how old he was? He was like a teenager, right? Yeah, I think he was, um, he was 19. Yeah, and that's, that shouldn't happen in an industrialized you know, Western civilization country here. Um, it's embarrassing, frankly, for the country that anyone would die uh, solely because they don't have health insurance. And I think this is kind of laying it all bare. And 
it's made me think about like I've always I've supported Medicare for all. I supported Elizabeth Warren's plan to get there um, during you know the whole primary cycle. Uh, but now we have two candidates that are still kind of on separate sides of that issue. We have Bernie Sanders, who's been Medicare for all for you know eternity, and we have Joe Biden, who is more of a um, you know taking a pragmatic approach where we're building on the ACA and maybe making a public option in the future to increase the amount of people covered, but still doesn't cover everybody. Um, so I wonder, like, does that shift your opinion of either of these candidates? Uh, we'll start with Dennis. Um, not really. I, yeah. I, I, I think it's tough, man. I, I want everyone covered and I understand that I think the, the, the smartest way forward is to add the public option and expand coverage um and i hope that one day we'll get to universal coverage that should be the goal for every democrat um i think i think the public option is is the in expanding it is the it should be the next step um and it and it sucks like that that's going to leave like these kind of things will still happen there will still be people that will die because they don't have coverage and that shouldn't happen in this country, but uh, I mean, I think this is just the world we live in. I think, or this is the country we live in. I think, I think we have to just take that next step. Um, I think that's just that's just the way we should be moving. Yeah. What about you, Yav? Yeah. It's like it's like moving it's like moving a ship, isn't it? I mean, you can't just. It, there's no way to make it turn 180. It just it's it takes it takes time, and I think that's what people know. That listen, none of the Bernies. Uh, none of those Medicare for all plans were going to be enacted anytime soon. Forget just the voting aspect of it, just the actual process of implementation, getting all that. So you want to say, all right, we elected a guy, at least getting the process started. It's still such a long way away. I'd rather cover the holes in the coverage right now and then and work to that at another point. But like Tennis said, it's, 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 it's almost like you're giving people false hope by thinking that if I win, everyone's going to be covered in healthcare, because that's never the reality of how the situation was going to go, you know. And um, yeah, and it's a shame because it should be like that. Uh, I mean, it should be easy enough should. that you know, if yeah. Bernie Sanders is the nominee, then and I think you know, War- I think year... Warren would have done it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think Warren would have done it differently too. By the way, I think Warren was probably a lot more. She was a Medicare for all person. She had a plan in place, but I think she would have been the type that would have been like, all right, this is something I want to accomplish, but let's get there with what I'll work with what I can right now. Yeah. I think Bernie's the type. It was this or nothing. And, you know, and I I do want to, you know, give Bernie Sanders credit. You know, obviously the primaries aren't officially over at this point, but it seems like it's a very hard road for Bernie to come back at this point um, based on the states that are left to vote. Uh, but he has successfully over the last uh, two you know, national election cycles pulled the party to the left. Um, like there are some ideas that like Medicare for all or universal health care was not a mainstream idea four years ago until Bernie Sanders really brought it up. And now you've got even like Joe Biden talking about public options and things like that and expanding health care. And 
Joe Biden is kind of the most, uh, in my discussions with Democrats from what I'd call like middle America, you know, middle class Democrats, blue collar Democrats, like there is an appeal to Joe Biden and they like him. And if he's on board for anything, they're also on board. So there is a benefit to Bernie Sanders having run and pull Biden to the left on issues like yeah. healthcare. Oh yeah. Because oh, yeah. he's made it more mainstream. Um, because there's people that I know won't vote for Bernie Sanders and don't like him, think he's too out there. But I think it's funny because if I think if Joe Biden took those same platforms, they'd say it was okay. Because they see Joe Biden as the middle of the road guy. Yeah. Yeah. I agree and, with that. I think you're right. And I just it's frustrating to see and again I think this primary cycle has shown us that uh, social media is in no way representative of the country as a whole, as far as their political leanings, uh, because if it was, then Bernie probably would have run away with this. Um, but that's not what we saw happen. It seems like people are looking to go with what the uh, quote unquote safe bet would be with Biden. Um, and a lot of people seem to think that like baby steps are the way to make change, not, you know revolution as bernie says i think the word revolution scares a lot of people um i know it excites a lot of people too um but it didn't excite enough people to turn but, out to the and, polls for him and, and the other thing i think a lot of people know unless you're a hardcore bernie supporter is he promises a lot of things that it's not that they can't be done but he doesn't be honest he, he was never honest with people like these are going to take time or they're going to be expensive, or they're going to be this. Warren kind of did that because they had similar plans. And Warren, you know, outlined this is the cost, this is this. You know, Bernie Sanders still won't tell you how much something costs. Well, the Bernie people say it's two trillion, ripped Warren apart for trillion. doing that. Because when uh, Warren actually point, had to sit yeah. back and say, hey, look, this isn't realistic to do year one. I'll do this year three, year four. They were like, oh, my God, you fucking hypocrite, and ripped yep. her apart for it. Yeah. Um, for taking what I would think is a more pragmatic approach to uh, these yeah. plans. So it's it's been interesting. I think that there needs to be a lot of soul-searching among the, the Bernie supporters who will probably destroy my DMs after this. have a new Democratic front um, right, right now, right? Yeah, I mean, it's Last going to be body. tough. Um, Mar- What's well, that? Well, Mario Cuomo. I mean, Mario, that's his dad. <laughs> yeah, Andrew uh, Cuomo. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Cuomo's become a front <laughs> But see, like, I, have you guys seen this? That, like online? Yeah, the people that think Andrew Cuomo, and yes, I did see, like, uh, one of the betting markets it has Andrew Cuomo above Bernie Sanders uh, as far as um, potential to be the presidential uh, Democratic nominee, which is funny. I mean, Cuomo, I could see being popular in the same way Joe Biden's popular. Yeah. He comes off as that <laughs> almost like a democratic republican middle of the road type dude yeah. um he's non-threatening yeah. i i understand why there'd be a lot of people drawn to him um that would not be drawn to bernie sanders um just uh last thing i want to say about just bernie in general because i i do i love his ideas i align mostly with him on a lot of his ideas um <clears throat> but i share your concern yogs about uh you know how do you enact these policies and you know, we need to be able to get this done, you know, piecemeal uh, rather than sweeping legislation because we just don't have the backup in the Senate or House right now for it. 
what has concerned me most with him seems to be like the lack of self-awareness on his part because he saw that he got killed with uh, older black voters in 2016 he did make he I, there were attempts like you could see he was making efforts to try and you know get in with uh, those that demographic but they still shut him down in the primaries this year and I've seen tons of Bernie sur- uh, surrogates dumbfounded by that fact and that to me says that it was superficial their outreach and they weren't doing true research into this and rather than saying what did we do wrong i've seen a lot of them fall back on like oh the voters are wrong and they'll see that they were wrong in the future like that's not how you win allies like, you win allies by sitting there and listening and say yeah all right yeah i screwed up i you know you guys clearly have priorities different than mine tell me about it how do we you know how do we find a way to agree on something in the middle there and i haven't seen that from the bernie campaign which is concerning and I know already any Bernie supporter listening, I know I have a few friends that are already, I, I hear their blood boiling from <laughs> from the future. <laughs> but, but, but Kevin, should he still be in yeah. it at this point? I mean, I know uh, the party right now needs just to be attacking Trump, especially with coronavirus now just happened. He already had a small path of that. I, I think he needs, to, he needs to drop out at this point. I think we're in extreme 100%. circumstances. He needs to drop out. But you know what he's doing? I think he's using the, this as a way to stay in because he's thinking this is just more time for maybe something to happen to Biden and maybe then I can get a spark back in or something. Yeah. It's, it, or he's that's, banking on health care. I mean, that's the only thing I can think about. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely hoping or betting that Biden is going to Something, yeah, something's going to happen to Biden, whatever that could possibly be, that that kind of disqualifies him, um, because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. It, it's it's pretty much mathematically impossible for him to win a nomination. Um, if he wants to go to the convention, he can. I, I guess that's an option. If if Biden ends up having the plurality but not winning it outright, um, and and I don't know, maybe. That gives him some bargaining power to affect the Democratic platform somehow. Um, I don't. I don't really know. I don't really know what he's doing. One thing I will say though is, I I do think that Biden should pretend that Bernie is not in a race and just start running against Trump. I don't see any reason for him to be really worrying about Bernie Sanders. Just well, turn he- your eyes on a general election and let let the rest of the the uh, primaries play out if they even happen a lot of them are being postponed and you know yeah. we'll see what happens with that but he should just he should be like look i'm i'm uh, you know this is over focus on on uh, on general election i think well, he threw cold water on the next debate right he kind of said that we've debated enough oh biden said that <laughs> yeah yeah which yeah and 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 i think cause i think i think bernie said if there's an april debate he wants to be in it mm-hmm. but why should there be an April debate? I mean, <laughs> like, the last one had no audience, so we're going to have another debate with no audience. Hey, I, um, I liked it without an audience. No, I, no <laughs> I've been I, arguing I think... for no audiences from <laughs> as long as I've been watching these things. Yeah. And the thing is, with, with no audience, 
Bernie still didn't do it. Like he didn't like demolish Biden. He didn't really make any ground up. Yeah. I you mean, know, that was that was kind of his shot. And I was like, I was like, OK, let him do this next debate. That's fine. Um, but if, if he had just totally smoked Biden, then I think, OK, fine. Like he has a reason to stay in. But he, he didn't like Biden won that debate. Yeah. And yeah. so so there's just I just don't see any reason for him to stay in. I don't see any reason for them to have more debates. Um, I don't know if it's is it scheduled. Is there is there like a date and everything for this? A city for this? Like what are no. they? I don't yeah, think they so. Sh- I think it's up in the air with all the coronavirus yeah. stuff yeah. going on right now. Yeah, they should just they should just say yeah. Due to the due to the pandemic, we're not having this, and then yeah. and then let let Biden just focus on a general, and Bernie can do whatever he wants. He can sit there and make noise or fundraise or whatever he wants but i don't i don't think one thing that biden needs to do is is fix these these fireside chats or whatever he's doing he's because those things it. are terrible he needs he to fix that really so fast bad at it. yeah that's one thing you know bernie's really good just, at setting up digital you know meetings and talking directly to voters um the problem is i i just think he's talking to his own people the way you know trump talks to his own people like that's a it's a base of support and i don't think it's growing yeah, um, I think Biden's team isn't do, doing him justice right now either. Um, yeah. They've gotten better, and I think I saw this in a, in a chat and a text, Dennis. I think you mentioned it. Um, he actually has went and hired off some people from other staffs. I know he's hired a couple people off Pete's staff, um, and then one off uh, someone else's campaign staff that's no longer operating. But he needs to hire everybody. I think I think anybody that worked on another Democratic campaign. Work for the Biden campaign this fall because uh, he's going to need it because his team needs to be a lot better. It's gotten better than it was earlier in the year and, you know, and all that. But his team needs to be better. Last thing I want to say about the primaries is that I am still just heartbroken that Elizabeth Warren is not going to be our next president. <laughs> uh, I, 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 even Biden's adopting a lot of her plans now, which uh, I love to see. And maybe this is the role that she was made for is just, you know, being that policy person behind the scenes. Um, but geez, uh, I would take her over either of the two still standing right now. Um, so he was the best candidate I've seen in a long time. I'm dead honest. She was the best candidate I've seen in a long time. You can't even argue that. I have a question. I mean, go for it. Know, as much as you would want her to be president, as mm-hmm. much as you would want her to be vice president, how do you feel about the fact that Massachusetts has a Republican governor? Yeah, she needs and to stay if in the she, yep. <laughs> And if she, if she were president or vice president, we lose another seat. Yeah, she needs to stay in the Senate. That's it's It pains me because I think she'd be a great vice president, um, a vice president that actually has power. But you're right. If she vacates uh, her Senate seat, a Republican governor is in charge of Massachusetts, and he would be in charge of filling that seat until there was a special election. So is it worth losing that? Probably not, unless we win the Senate in a landslide, but you can't predict that. And it's that's an unlikely scenario. So, yeah, I, that's tough. I think and Kamala it sucks Harris that that's one of our... Uh, that. You think Kamala Harris is frontrunner for uh, VP? I do. I still believe that right now. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, There's I'd... been those rumors about Amy Klobuchar, which I don't understand because... That's just a female version of Joe Biden. 
Like, I yeah. Think that's I don't think you, that's a who good are move. you? What demographic are you bringing into the fold by yeah. Klobuchar being your vice president? I don't think you're really yeah, adding anybody there. Midwest states, maybe a little bit, but he's already got that on his but own. He's I pretty think solid Biden's in out. there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's it. Just seemed like a weird pick when I heard that rumor come out. Um, well, yeah. and then today with Trump setting Michigan on fire, Pennsylvania is going to be very difficult to win. That's Biden's original home state. He does very well there. I don't know what electoral map Trump's looking at right now that he thinks he can be this abrasive. Uh, yeah. Talk, up, but... yeah. Talking shit about the governor of Michigan over and over. Talking shit about uh, the, the car companies in Michigan. Uh, it's probably going to rub a lot of people the wrong way in a state that is a must win for him if he wants to be reelected. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people in that state are going to appreciate that they might not have had a ventilator because the governor wasn't appreciative to him. Yeah, right, uh, right. Didn't kiss Trump's ass enough go to get a ventilator, sure. Yeah. Oh. All right, let's move off of that, and uh, the last segment we'll do here. I want to I wanna hear from you guys about, you know, what's keeping you entertained while you're in quarantine? Is there anything uh, you've spent your own time doing, whether it's in your own life or something you've seen uh, online that you want to share with the with everybody out here dennis you got anything for us um i've been i've been on ig there's some you know i've been just trying to i've been on there way too much probably (laughs) this i think this is the first time um you know i i every time i go on ig i see that i start scrolling and i get to that thing that says you're all caught up Mm -hmm. usually that wouldn't happen because i wouldn't check it like every two seconds but now it's like i got nothing to do so it's like I, I go on IG and I see like three posts and it's like you're all caught up and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Um, <laughs> that's Yeah, that's a warning sign. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a good sign. Um, I, I will say one thing that's been that's been kind of getting me – that's had me laughing is, is I've, I've been posting some stuff and uh, the feedback from uh, Yags and, uh, and Lou and some other people kind of uh, – coming at me from my from my post has been keeping me entertained it's been pretty funny you you did have that good uh um that birthday post and happy belated birthday by the way yeah uh, but that birthday post those pictures were the that's ripe for meme content yeah it's, uh, yeah, we yeah, some yeah images yeah. of dennis just kind of standing <laughs> by his lonesome in quarantine and you know I, dennis i think actually it was the last episode you brought up uh the uh, el chapo uh <laughs> memes yeah no uh, yeah the um not El Chapo. Uh, uh, um, Pablo. Pablo Escobar. Yes, thank yeah. you. Um, <laughs> you brought up those memes of him sitting in isolation and all those funny ones, and you could easily take any of those quotes and plop them right on these pictures Dennis posted. <laughs> yeah, we, there's already there's already like three or four of them flying out there that I don't think you've seen yet. I'll probably have to send them after. But sure. uh, the, but yeah, the, people have been have been already uh, taking that picture and and putting comments on it and throwing it back at me which has been pretty funny so social media has actually been kind of keeping you up huh yeah um other than that um there was another picture i post i, I think last weekend uh yeah it was last weekend i went uh hiking uh just trying to get outside but stay away from people and i'm going to this park um there were a lot of people there but park's pretty big so you didn't really have to you know, come in close contact with anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was another picture I posted about that that got some laughs. But uh, yeah, I mean, I you know, trying to get outside a little bit, but 
mostly I've been inside and on social media and and like probably eating too much too. Although there I have been I've been I've been working out. I have uh really. I have I have a bunch of like equipment at home and I usually don't use it, but um now it's like I have nothing to do, so uh so I've actually been using it. So that's Good that's, for you. that's that's yeah, that's that's a little silver lining. It can definitely be uh, hard to stay motivated. I I had started running again at my uh, there's a, a gym in my apartment complex that I was going to, and then that shut down a couple weeks ago, and I've not been running since. Um, yeah. And I know it's getting warmer out now, so I'll probably try running outdoors. But I've always been more of a, a treadmill runner than outside outdoor runner. Uh, what about you, Yogg? So Dennis is on social media and he's trying to get outdoors every so often to keep his sanity. What's uh, what's keeping you sane? Well, I was always on, on social media, so that was nothing new to me. If anything, mm-hmm. I've increased my screen time on my phone by probably another two, three hours a day, uh, which is impressive. <laughs> uh, so I may end up being one of those people that's just like you have to grasp the phone out of my dying hands because I don't know what to do without it. Uh, <laughs> And yeah, just just going out a little bit, trying to catch catch fresh air every now and then. But uh, you know, pretty much, I'm one of those people that when I go out, I like to go out to places and stuff. Um, and with everything closed, I kind of feel no desire to do that. So I'd rather just stay in and watch Netflix. All right. And that's yeah. pretty much what I've been doing. And what have you been watching? And Netflix? You got any recommendations? Uh, yeah, well, I've seen just about everything. Uh, I saw uh, Tiger King, which was great. Oh, my God. Um, we need another which, podcast by the, just to talk about that. So, wait, did, <laughs> have, all three of us, have all three of us seen that? Uh, uh, I, have, I haven't. I, yeah, okay. And I don't know if our listeners I have. Haven't, I haven't. <laughs> um, that's yeah, one thing with me that's been weird is I can't oh, – like, my attention span is so, so like, low right now. I, I can't sit down and actually watch – like Netflix, like I, I, yeah. it's I can't sit and watch something for an hour or whatever. It's it's been, yeah. it's been so weird. No, no, I, I get that. But the funny thing is, I just want to mention there's a political element to Tiger King that uh, that oh God, Kevin, yeah. you know, yep. I mean, and and I don't want to put any spoilers out there, but Joe Exotic ran for governor of Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> And, and wait yeah. for the poll for the result. I don't think I ever laughed harder. In my, and now I understand where votes come from sometimes, um, in certain places. And uh, yeah, Joe Exotic's number in the gubernatorial race of Oklahoma uh, says a lot. Yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah, go check it out. I finished it yesterday. Uh, we'll talk about it. We can talk about that next week. We will give some yeah. people some more yeah. time to. I'll check to it watch out. It. I'll check yeah. it out. Go for it. It, it flies. It's seven episodes, but it flies by. <laughs> Um, you could easily watch it in one sitting since we're all stuck home anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, so on my end, uh, a couple things keeping me sane. You know, I, I feel like I've been a little, I've been working from home for the better part of the last few years and it's kind of conditioned me to this lifestyle being here all the time. Uh, it has been weird, like not going out to, you know, I, I touched on at the beginning of this episode, like the three of us used to go to happy hour like once a week at least um, and just kind of go out on the town and you know Hoboken, Jersey City and it's been weird not having anywhere to go <laughs> after work so staying home those hours after I'm done with the work day have it, that's been a change uh, but a couple things that have been keeping me uh, entertained and spirits up 
I did. Uh, I pick up my guitar again. I've been uh, practicing that a bunch, so that's been taking up a bunch of time. Um, maybe I'll be mediocre by the time this is all <laughs> said and done. Uh, and then I know it's easy to drown in the 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 Twitter sphere of bad news, whether it's coronavirus or politics in general. But uh, it's also used for some good things that I want to point out. And one of the things I I, I myself found myself getting wrapped up in is uh and i know jeff's actually a part of this too is uh shea serrano of the ringer um great website um awesome you know sports website and pop culture website uh shea serrano is one of their writers he's got a few great books you could check out on rap basketball and movies and occasionally he'll do a thing on twitter where he just says hey text me or tweet me uh your your outstanding bills and i'll pay him and he'll go and just start paying off people's bills like we're talking like the tune of thousands of dollars in you know one sitting and he does you know sometimes it's his money he also collects money from other people to redistribute it um but it's awesome to watch when this happens actually he just started one while we were recording i saw it pop up on my twitter feed where he's like hey i'm gonna give 300 dollars to 10 people go buy groceries and stuff or pay whatever bills you need and it's been really heartwarming to watch that play out um, you you read the comments on it and you see people that are like, hey, I'm past due on my car payment because I just got laid off or what have you. And it's not just Shay that will get involved. Like individual users will be like, all right, I know Shay's he's tapped out. He's hit his limit on Venmo and Cash App. He can't send any more today. Um, but I got you. And you'll have people just helping each other out. And it's, it's awesome to see. Um, I got involved with it. Uh, a couple weeks ago after I saw Shay doing it and I was like you know what fuck it like I've got some extra cash right now let me see if I can help anyone here so I'm going through the list I saw you know there's a woman who said she needed uh, her pediatrician's bill paid for her kids and you know she didn't have the money for it and so I, I just messaged her and I'm like yeah I got you and I just I was like send me your Venmo and I Venmoed her the money for it and she wrote me like the most heartfelt thank you I think I've ever read it's actually making me kind of tear up a little bit right now um, but it was the most rewarding thing I think I've done in a long, long time. And I highly encourage everyone, if you have the means, if you have a couple extra dollars to spare, uh, I know times are tough right now, but, um, again, I, I'm still employed. I consider myself pretty lucky. So I'm going to try to help out anybody I can at this point. And I encourage you all to do the same, um, don't do it just because it feels good. <laughs> do it because it helps other people. Uh, the the feel good part is a it's a benefit, obviously, um, and there's probably nothing more rewarding. But uh, that's something that's been like lifting my spirits whenever I'm depressed about the state of the world right now. I go check out some of those threads. Uh, Shay's not the only person doing it. There are other people out there, um, but that's the one that pops to the top of my head, and uh, has been awesome to just witness the the FOH army he calls them. Um, yeah. giving to other people out there so uh that's that's awesome yeah. that's awesome great yeah. job kevin that is awesome. <laughs> not doing it for thanks <laughs> but i hope other people no, will no, take no, part no. out there <laughs> exactly we deserve it though like pete and, and and shay too i mean what he does is amazing and i think you guys are all doing a great job and everyone should do it um yeah that's great yeah if you can give 20 bucks to someone that you know is hard up and needs it a little more than you do then you know, now's the time if there ever is going to be one so all right well with that guys i think uh we'll close this episode out it's been a, a pleasure having both of you on here virtually 
Um, I hope you, you stay safe and healthy. Um, <laughs> restock those fridges if you can, if you got anyone that's delivering alcohol anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> get, we'll see if we can get some new drinks for next episodes. Um, but again, really appreciate you guys being here. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you, Yogs. Hopefully you can join us next week as well. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin. It was great, as always. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, if you want to follow us on social media, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at drinking underscore lib pod. Check out our website, www.drinkinglibertypod.com. Uh, actually, I'll throw out my personal Twitter out there, too. It's at KevW, D-U-B-Y-A, if you want to follow me. Um, if you want some, some feel-good news and then mostly politics and maybe some Met stuff occasionally, uh, that's, that's my personal Twitter. But other than that, I truly appreciate everyone that's listening to us while you're out there in quarantine. Hope you all stay safe, uh, stay healthy, and remember to wash your damn hands, all right? Cheers. <laughs>